T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Tommy Kester, this is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Everybody, Sports Daily on KFH. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster, glad to be here with you on this edition of the program. Rihanna, we teased it right before the break. We've been talking about the game. Let's get to the halftime performance. Uh, Rihanna, what did we think? Uh, Tommy, I'll let you go first. What did you think of Riri's return? I thought it was great. Um, you did Not a whole lot of bells and whistles. Didn't need a whole lot of bells and whistles. She's got such a category and library of hit songs from like the last 15 years that you know she just kind of went through hit after hit after hit after hit didn't really need to do a whole lot didn't need a lot of bells and whistles didn't really need to bring out anybody to perform with her like she handled it on her own and it was fine by me yeah I, so here's she's she's pregnant and yes. you know people had wondered about that and it was like you know, it was a little weird to even ask the question because she had just had a kid, and you're like, oh, I don't know. Had I known that, I wish I would have known it before. I love that it was a surprise. I wish I'd have known it before, and maybe I'll just go back and rewatch to see, like, how remarkable that is that she did that. I, I thought, I'll be honest, and again, I love Rihanna. I think she's great. I think she's got a unique style and voice and all those things. I was a little bored with it. I didn't like that it was pretty clear to me. It didn't appear like she was actually singing, which bugs me just a little bit. But I get it. I mean, I, I get why artists do that. And I just like the no collaboration, which, okay, like that's one of the fun things to me about the Super Bowl is to see that. So I'm watching that, and I'm like, well, number one for me, like nobody was ever going to follow last year's. And it'd be, you know, n- nothing was ever going to live up to that for me, right? There wasn't anything that was going to do that. So I was like, okay, I need to stop trying to compare it to last year because that was so cool and unique in what they did. And I'm like, the the visuals of it were incredible. Like the, you know, the coming up and down and flying through the air and all that. But it's like, it's it's kind of vanilla. She's so good that it's fine because she's so good. And I was like, but it, you know, it's like, yeah, okay. It's, it's not bad, not good, whatever. And then I saw that she was pregnant. I was like, oh my God, that changes everything. That was awesome knowing that she did that while pregnant. Are you kidding me? Like, that's incredible. 
Uh, so yeah. my perspective changed right after because everyone was asking that question. I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. But, and then I saw the Nate Burleson tweet, and I was like, oh, yes, this is awesome. So that, yeah, my wife had and I, I known that going in, that would have been better. We spent the entire halftime show arguing about whether or not she was pregnant. And my wife is like, no, she she's pregnant. Like, she looks like she's pregnant. And I said, she just had a baby. Like, I looked it up. I was like, thought I was right. I'm like, she just had a baby. She's not pregnant. Like, okay. Like, it's just the way that the jumpsuit is cut. Like, she's not. And then, of course, you know, it was confirmed. And I had to deal with the whole, like, you know, I was right. You were wrong, you know, kind of crap. And, you know, yeah. it, but it, it was, I thought it was good. I thought it was, it was a good performance overall. And, um, you know, my, my favorite thing about it, like I said, was the fact that it didn't need a lot of like special guests coming in. It was just banger after banger. And, and I'm, I'm cool with that. My favorite tweet though. I don't know if you saw this. My favorite tweet was, uh, a picture of all of the dancers in their white, get up or whatever it was and the caption was live look at the chinese sending spy balloons into the u.s uh which i I thought that was incredible i thought that was super funny yeah i i think i saw one because we keep shooting things down or whatever and and we're all you know wondering if this is like the alien invasion it was like the aliens came in to to invade earth they stopped at the super bowl performance saw it and they were like all right never mind they're good and, <laughs> and left um so yeah, it was it was good. I I just you know it was I was you know in the moment and I I shouldn't have done it. I was just think I kept thinking about how awesome last year's was and I was like, man, I nothing nothing's gonna top that. But you know, and then and I think about it, and I'm like, I don't know who Rihanna because I'm look, I'm not cool enough to like know who collaborates with who on certain songs or what. She, you know, most of the time, I don't know who people are anymore. Um, and I'm, and, and I'm standing there and like, well, Drake was with her on this song. So let's see if they bring out Drake. And I'm like, well, let's not collaborate. Let's just leave it to her. I don't need to see Drake. I, I like, I don't, I don't think he's that good and he's everywhere. Like it, I'll be okay without that. And then somebody said, oh, it's Jay-Z. And then I remember, and I was like, yeah, oh, that'd be cool. He's there, but he never going to come out. He doesn't come out for stuff. Uh, so it, it was fine. And she owned the moment. And then once we find that out, it was awesome here. I, I was, when I was in Miami for the Super Bowl, it was the Shakira show and I don't think that one was super well received outside of it. But when I was there, I was like, this is awesome. I can get what I can say as I'll bet you that was one of the best things people in the stadium have ever seen. Because it did look it looked cool visually, even on TV. I can't imagine what that looked like sitting there. Um, it was good to see Rihanna back, though. I don't know if she's going to put something else out anytime soon now. She's got to you know, be a mom again. But, man, it was it was something. And the surprise, she owned it with that. That was pretty cool. I'll tell you one thing, Rihanna at halftime of the Super Bowl is a slight upgrade from Fat Joe at halftime of the AFC title game a couple weeks ago. Uh, Rihanna is, I mean, I say slight, it's a clear upgrade from Fat Joe. Well, you saw that we didn't really see Fat Joe at halftime, right? That's not something that they televise. So, you know, like, okay, whatever. Um, so I don't know how that performance was, but it, it was good. I'll, I'll be curious. This, those are so hard to do too. I, I generally like, I'm not a halftime performance hater. Like I'm pretty good with all of it. Cause I know how difficult that is. And I was like, it, it, it's, it was fine. Like it didn't blow my socks off until I found out she did that while pregnant. And I was like, all right, that blows my socks off. Cause that's awesome. Uh, Rihanna, Rihanna thoughts. If you want to weigh in eight, six, nine, 12, 40, what'd you think? And look, there's going to be plenty of like people oh that don't know who she is. That's fine too. Like whatever. Uh, there's no perfect answer to a Super Bowl halftime show, 
except for last year. That was about as about as perfect as you're going to get it. I bet mean, even that doesn't appeal to all fans. I, it, it's fine. Stapleton it's, knocked that anthem out, didn't that he? That was great. Oh Woo! my god, that was incredible. That that guy, what a what a singer. I got Man, tickets got a, for his trip into Wichita this time. I was so mad that I didn't do it last him. time. It, it's it's pretty crazy. As far as all-time halftime performances go, like I last year was was good. Um, but in my opinion, you got to go all the way back to Prince, like in 2008, when I seven, 2007, 2008, remember that when he was playing in the rain, it was pouring down. Oh yeah. He was playing that guitar. Oh, that was incredible. Um, yeah. so that one, that one still for me is the top of the mountain. I look, I think that the, the Bruno Mars and the chili peppers was up there of ones that I remember that were fantastic. Uh, was Lady Gaga's a halftime or was she a pregame? Because the one where she, that was a really good one. Um, I I was fine with the old guy rock bands, even though I totally understood why that wasn't the right idea for. But yeah, you're we're going like if you for me it's it's last year, uh, with the with the Dr. J crew, Dr. Dre crew, and then it was probably Prince, and then it was the Bruno Mars Chili Peppers. That that would probably uh, off the top of my head that would probably be the top three, uh, but they're they're all fun. It's all good to see those kinds of things play out. Um, all right, back to the game, Tommy. So the Chiefs are champs. Um, we've established that over the last hour and seven minutes. Who outside of Mahomes? If it wasn't going to be Mahomes for MVP, and you had to give it to a Chief, was it Pacheco for you? Because I thought he really stabilized things in a in a. Not not a quiet way because nothing about what he does and how he does it is quiet, but in a very important way, he stabilized things. I thought coming right out of the gate, you know, they ran it. What they run it two or three times right in that opening possession to just sort of say like, this is what's going to happen here. We don't know about Mahomes' ankle yet. I'm sure was a part of it, but we got to keep our offense on the field, and he helped them do that in that second half. Yeah, I think if you're power ranking the importance of individual performers from Kansas city, Uh, clearly Patrick Mahomes, number one, that's why it was the MVP, but then anywhere from two to five, like I've got four other guys. You mentioned Isaiah Pacheco. He's there. Uh, Juju Smith Schuster. I thought in the second half was incredible. Um, You know, he, he's, he was playing for a contract, right? Playing for a team to, uh, you know, sign him long-term. And I thought that after a dismal first half performance by all of the wide receivers for Kansas city, I thought Juju stepped up big. Kadarius Tony, not only with the touchdown catch, but the punt return was awesome. That's a huge reason why they brought him over was for what he can do in, in special teams. And then on the defensive side of the ball, Nick Bolton had an incredible game. Not only the scoop and score in the first half, but that one play that was very bang, bang close. It looked like right, you know, in, in the, in the third quarter when uh, Miles Sanders caught the ball and he jarred it loose and looked like he maybe had a second defensive touchdown that they ended up calling an incomplete pass. But Nick Bolton was all over the place. There was a key, a key play where Jalen hurts. I believe it was uh, took off running to, I think his right and Nick Bolton was there to contain him and bring him down. I thought Kansas City, and this is something we haven't really talked about yet, uh, defensively, at least in the first half, had a really difficult time tackling in open field, uh, wrapping up oh, in space. Definitely. Philly did whatever they wanted to do. It wasn't just Jalen Hurts, but it was the running backs and the wide receivers. Like Kansas City had a really difficult time wrapping up in open space, but they locked down better in the second half, and Nick Bolton was a, was a key part of that for sure. Well, he was pretty good in the first half, right? He had the big play, almost had two of them. 
Um, but yeah, he was he was outstanding. But their defense as a whole did not start that game well. They weren't good in the first half at all. They could not get Philadelphia off the field, and it was killing them. Right, it was going to be the reason that they lost the game, quite frankly. Uh, but but you know, ultimately, they did get it done. Um, and and you know that adjustment at halftime was as important for them, I think, as it was for you know for the offense. How about the holding call at the end? And this is where we'll spend the rest of our time here. The conspiracy theorists are out right after the game, which is funny because they forget that the Chiefs kept losing challenges and all the review plays were going against them. The hold at the end of the game, Tommy, number one in at the surface, did you think that it was a hold? 100%. Yeah. I thought it, I thought it in real time. I thought it would with you, the instant reverse replay. the jerseys would reverse the jerseys. Had that been called and, and cost the chiefs the game? Would you have been happy with that call? There are two different things at play here. Number one, was it a penalty? Yes, it was a penalty. A penalty is a penalty regardless who it happens to or when it happens in the game. So that's one aspect of it. Then the second aspect is in a moment like that, is that a penalty that should be called? So, a penalty is a penalty. Yes, it was a hold. Then then the other part of it is, you know, the referees were letting them play for the most part throughout the game. I thought Carl Sheffers, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I thought he called a fairly decent game uh, for the most part. I thought at times, I mean, there were some things that, you know, nobody knows what the hell a catch is in the NFL. So that was a big storyline for sure. But regardless, I, I think the, 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 the question we should be asking is, is that a call to make in that scenario? versus was it actually a penalty uh, because it 100% was. And if you switch the jerseys, yeah, it, it's, it was a hold. There, there's no doubt about it, but that's not a play that the referees had been calling throughout the course of the night. Well, consistency is important, but you're, you're right. And I disagree because the general consensus was that that was not a, you know, that shouldn't, shouldn't have been called, decided the game. I'm with you. It drives me nuts to hear, you can't make that call at that point of the game. Yes, you can if it's a penalty. Right. right. You can if it's a penalty. A penalty is a penalty, right? It doesn't matter when it happens. If it, the, the conversation comes with, do you think it was a penalty? Bradbury, right. the offending player after the game, said it was a penalty. Yeah. Nick Sirianni said you got to make a snap call on that call. The Eagles weren't complaining about that, okay, because it was a penalty. He clearly grabbed his jersey. Yeah. Was it pass interference? No. Because no. the ball was uncatchable. But doesn't matter. That wasn't what was called. Holding was called. The ball hadn't called. even been thrown yet at that point. So I, I know. And, and, interference. Right. And holding was the call. And I thought he got held twice, quite frankly. So, you, like, and I don't know that Carl Sheffer's crew had a great game. They missed a no. couple of things, you know, at, at key moments. But, like, I hate that people are trying. Look, it was in a big spot. Yeah, but it was a big penalty. He, he yeah. held him. Like, it's and not even the, that. Right. The other thing that I want to say that I think is really important that is being missed by Philadelphia fans and I'm sure sports radio and Philly and whatever. Maybe just maybe the Eagles shouldn't have blown a double digit lead in the second half for only the second time in Super Bowl history. And they wouldn't have been in that position for a game changing penalty in that spot. I, I mean, hey, they had control of the game going into the second half. So maybe they shouldn't have blown a second half lead 
uh, and we wouldn't we wouldn't even be talking about this right now. Yeah, I mean it's it's not even it is it, it was a penalty. I think it was clearly a penalty, and I and I just the narrative of don't call that at that moment because it was ticky tack. No, I I don't agree with that. Now, if there were lots of plays of that kind throughout the game where they were not calling that. Okay, right now now you've got something because I do think consistency is important, but it's not like that play kept happening in other places, at least not that I've seen, that they that they weren't making the call, right? It's like a foul in basketball. If you've decided as officials to let this be a physical game, let it be a physical yeah, let game. Let it be a physical right? game. But and, and don't change that throughout the game. You've got to be consistent with it. But I didn't think there were moments where, you know, defenders were getting handsy with receivers. And they and they weren't making calls. It, again, show show me that on tape, and we can have a different conversation. But w- like the second I saw it, I was like, "Oh, yep, there's a hold." And then yeah. I started to see how many people are like, "Oh my God, you can't call that. That's not holding." I was like, "I I, I guess I'm not seeing it because it looked like a hold to me." When you grab a guy's jersey when he's trying to change directions, that's literally a hold defensively. Well, yeah, and that's where I say it's two different things here. Was it a penalty? Yes, uh, but had that same sort of play been called? A penalty before in the game and I, I don't I don't know I, I wasn't watching every single play on both sides of the ball where you've got wide receivers matching up you know against defenders and if they're grabbing and holding throughout the entire game and it's going uncalled and then it was called in that spot I don't I don't know the answer to that but regardless of all of that a penalty is a penalty and he committed a penalty in that moment James Bradbury said as much that he did uh, and you know, it, it did, it did get, gave the chiefs new life. Um, and I think that what is being forgotten in all of this is that drive. So the drive was extended new set of downs for Kansas city. And how about the high football IQ of Jarek McKinnon to get down in bounds and not score the touchdown. I was thinking, man, like, you know, Kansas city scores here. And we've seen Jalen Hurts be able to throw bombs throughout this game to A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard. Uh, If the Eagles get the ball back here, I think there's a pretty decent shot that they march down and they score again. And what Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy and Jarek McKinnon in that moment on that play, what they were able to do to get down inbounds, not take the touchdown, let the time tick off the clock and never let the Eagles touch the ball again. High football IQ right there. Yeah, and they call I think they called it their church play or something after, but it is. And and that was an interesting sequence down the stretch too. Um you know, they they had some decisions to make there. And that's always that always gets into strategy. Do you want to keep the other team from getting the ball? Do we take our chances or do we just take the touchdown if they're going to give it to us? And I thought the Chiefs handled it just about right. Personally, yeah. on the third down play, I actually would have gone ahead and, if they were going to give it to me, tried to score the touchdown. So instead of kneeling it, I would have actually run a draw play. Because at that point, right, like, you're either going to give Philadelphia— Now, the Chiefs executed everything just about perfectly, except for the Butker kick could have gone a little deeper on the kickoff. But, you know, they executed it just about right to make sure Philadelphia was only going to get one play. So in retrospect, it it was great, right? Yeah. But— because, you know, Butker doesn't get it, you know, all deep enough. I mean, they almost had enough time to get one play and potentially get in field goal range. 
I would have taken on the third down play, I would have taken a draw and seen if they'd have given me the touchdown. Because I think I would rather have, I'd rather be up a touchdown and leave them, what would it have been, 45 seconds, then be up a field goal and then potentially have something like 15, 10, 15 seconds. Just because wild things can happen, whatever. Yeah, but but it doesn't I matter. I mean, the Chiefs did sure. it right. And I don't know because we saw Jalen Hurts and his escapability all game long where he can extend plays and make things happen. And and even and not just the escapability, but the designed quarterback runs that he was able to do throughout that game. So I think I think you give him 40 seconds and you're up a touchdown. They have no timeouts, but Hurts has the speed to be able to get out of bounds quickly. Uh, yeah, they need a touchdown, but uh, it, up to that point, like what, with what Philly could do, like it was going to be, I, I think that it was fairly, a fairly decent chance that the Eagles could have went down and scored a touchdown with even 40 seconds left. You, you, I, I do want to give Nick Sirianni his flowers a little bit here, because one thing that I thought was really interesting, it didn't ultimately end up mattering to the outcome of the game, but he deliberately let the Eagles get a delay of game penalty so he didn't have to call a timeout in the second half. And that was kind of a, a point where I thought, man, a lot of coaches would just, and I think Andy Reid's done this before. It happens quite a bit where a play doesn't get in quick enough or there's some confusion, and then the team calls a timeout with a second to go, and then you've burned a timeout. And Nick Sirianni, I mean, they showed him on the sideline, and he's angry, but he's not calling the timeout. And he would have rather taken the five yards and saved the timeout for potentially a, a crucial moment in that game. And th had he taken the timeout, the dr there would have been even less drama because the Eagles couldn't have stopped the clock nearly as much as they did on that final drive. So I did think that that was it didn't ultimately matter, but I did like that. And we don't see coaches do that quite a bit. And this is why I think that in the, the ultra aggressive play calling and four down territory and all of that. Uh, I don't particularly like Nick Sirianni. I think he's kind of a tool. But regardless of that, I think he's a great coach. And I think that he's going to have the Eagles there for a long time because he's got kind of a new style. And it's just it's fun to watch. Yeah, look, he, I, I don't – his personality fits that team perfectly. I do think he is an unreal coach, though, developing here in the NFL. I mean, they, again, like their, their level of preparation to me is yeah. like the best in football this year. Like they just were always prepared, always, always prepared. Um, so prepared. Well, it, it was cool. Did you like real quick as we're talking about decisions, you know, the, the decision not to go for two there at the end to go up eight instead of nine. I thought was the right decision. I'm told. Well, I said I, I was fine either way. I think it's a coin flip kind of decision. Putting going up eight and forcing a two point conversion, I got no issues with. But you know, in retrospect, you'd like to see him go for it, right? Because Philly converted well, the two point conversion. They don't get it, and then Philly can go for the two point conversion, and they go up by one. You know, right. so I mean, th there's a bunch of different ways that it could have played out. Ultimately, you know, I I was okay with it. The other thing I want to mention real quick: How about that offensive line for Kansas City? They're going up against one of the best defenses in football. Zero sacks on Patrick Mahomes. Zero. Um, pretty yeah. elite. Both offensive lines were really good in that game. The defensive lines were non-factors. The one sack by Colin Sanders was, you know, on a 
in a weird situation anyway. But yeah, the offensive lines were fantastic. All right, 869-1240. We can get to more Super Bowl. We can briefly touch on the college basketball from the weekend. We're celebrating a Chiefs championship today if you're Chiefs fans. Otherwise, if you're not a Chiefs fan, you're rooting against them. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, tough tough time to, to wake up in this part of the country, I suppose. 869-1240. More Sports Daily coming back at you. back in to Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster with you here on this Super Bowl edition. Tommy, one of the questions I'm seeing uh, today, which is interesting, and I think I'm not sure why it kept keeps getting talked about. Is Patrick Mahomes a Hall of, Fair, Hall of Famer if he retired today? Yeah, first ballot, 100%. Um, there are only three quarterbacks in the history of the NFL that have won multiple league MVPs and multiple Super Bowl MVPs. Tom Brady, Joe Montana, Patrick Mahomes. That's it. So if he were to hang it up right now, yeah, 100%, a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I think so too. And it doesn't matter. This is why I don't know why we're, you know, which why, I don't know why we're talking about it because it's, it's not going to matter, right? He's got a long way to go and a lot more to do over his career. Uh, something that I, I think is really become apparent this year is why, his ability to stay on the field and play through injury. I've jokingly called him Gumby a lot lately, but it is pretty remarkable and getting more and more impressive as we go to watch him look like things that, you know, at least would make him miss some time. He just continues to do these amazing things physically and, and stay out there. Well, that's why I mentioned uh, at the top of the show that you had Michael Jordan in the flu game. You had Kurt Schilling in the world series and the bloody sock. And you've got Patrick Mahomes uh, with the high ankle sprain and, and re aggravating it, uh, limping off, hobbling off the, the field at halftime. And I think one of the big things that um, gets overlooked a little bit is you've got about double the time in the Super Bowl, in the locker room during halftime because of the performance and everything. So you had plenty of time to get, you know, some treatment done and taken care of. And uh, But he looked like he was in obvious pain on the sideline before the first half ended and then was able to come out. And you knew, I mean, th- th- that big scramble that he had late in the game, the 26-yard run, watching him run, yeah, he was not 100%. I mean, he just, he, he looked, it looked painful every Every step he took in that scramble, um, but the adrenaline, the moment, I mean, everything that goes into it, you weren't keeping Patrick Mahomes off the field. And so I'm not sure that there is, you know, anybody out there tougher uh, to be able to, to grit and grind his way through, um, you know, the AFC championship game where he clearly was limited. And then, you know, portions in that game last night uh, where he was injured and hobbled. But being able to gut it through and, and you know, grit his teeth and, and make it happen, it's remarkable. Yeah, it is. And it's a big, big, big part of, um, you know, what, <sighs> what, what makes him so great. Like, it, it's one of those, like, there's so many things about his game that you can't really see, right? And 
and I think we just get used to it. And and this year more than ever, it was to some degree taken advantage, you know, taken for granted, right? But not anymore. And, and I thought again back to the back to the beginning parts of the show in this conversation. Not anymore, right? Like th- that. That I think is probably I would suspect put to bed for most people um, and most critics. If, if and and the thing too is like we got to be careful with critics, right? Because critic is probably the wrong term. I don't know that Mahomes had any critics. I don't think there's anybody that thinks Mahomes isn't great. It's just the people that are looking for the next best thing. You got to pause and take a minute because the best thing right now isn't very old, right? And he just keeps getting better. This may have been Patrick Mahomes' greatest year as an NFL quarterback, which is just crazy to think about when you consider how much roster they had to overturn. And here's how I know that Patrick Mahomes is in rarefied air and where the Kansas City Chiefs are beginning this dynasty. The reason I know that is because... A lot of the same people for the first two or three or four years in Patrick Mahomes' career that were celebrating him and celebrating this Chiefs team uh, nationally and saying, man, the things that Patrick Mahomes can do, it's ridiculous. The the behind-the-back passes and the sidearms and just the crazy things that only he can do. People were celebrating it for a long time. They're really not anymore nationally. It's all about the next big thing. Uh, And it's also talking about who can dethrone the current champions, the current Kings. Right. That remind that reminds me of Tom Brady and the Patriots for so long where it wasn't there. There was a narrative uh, during that long run for the Patriots where everybody was like, all right, who's going to be able to take down Brady? Who's going to be able to beat the Patriots? Uh, They kind of became the villains a little bit because they were there so often and Tom Brady was so good all the time and making it happen all the time. We're starting to get into that territory a little bit with Kansas City where the same people who were celebrating Mahomes early in his career are now trying to come up with ways to beat him and and they want to see him fall because, you know, you always want to see, you're always going after, you're cheering for the, the, um, the chaser, not the chasee, right? You know, so that's really where things stand right now. It reminds me a lot of where we were with the Patriots. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And, and you know, the Patriots had to do this too, right? I think one of the great things about the Patriots that we sometimes forget, especially in those early years, is just how different a lot of those teams looked, right? Like, you know, it, it, it's sort of similar to what we see now with Kansas City. You had... You know, later in it, consistency with Brady and Gronk. Uh, you had the coaching and quarterback relationship, and and in an offensive line that you know had had probably the most continuity, right? And and then a variety of different players playing in key roles at different times. Like it was not real consistent, it, except for those just real key pieces. And and for a lot of it, it was Brady, Gronk, and Belichick, right? Well, now it's you know. Reed, Mahomes, and and Kelsey, and and so there are some similarities, and it's hard to imagine anybody doing what the Patriots did, but it's also silly to ignore that the Chiefs are on that sort of trajectory. And, Absolutely, but 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 in the in the micro, right? Maybe not in the macro, because I don't even know how you try to guess trajectory when 
the Patriots did it for so long, right? It, it, but in the short part of that trajectory, they're at least there. And Andy Reid is, I mean, is he going to be able to coach another 15 years, which is what it would take? Probably not, right? Like, is Patrick Mahomes going to be able to, you know, match the longevity of Tom Brady, who's maybe greater than any athlete we'd ev- we've ever seen at doing that? I think that's a big ask, right, for anybody to try to play till they're 45. Um, so it, those parts of it are are not predictable. But in the short term, yeah, I think you can begin to think, because, Tommy, if Patrick Mahomes is playing, who will be reasonably favored over them in the next two years, three years, even four years maybe? I, it's hard to imagine that now. We got that last year. I don't think we're getting that again. Yeah, but I do think that there there's always there are always narratives and always storylines. You're going to hear sure. about Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. You're going to hear about Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Rightfully Bengals. Rightfully so. Justin Herbert and the Chargers. You're going to hear about the you know depending on where Aaron Rodgers plays. If Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets, which there have been conversations about, you're going to hear about that. I mean, you're going to hear about a lot of other teams uh, and and what can happen at least in the short term, but. Man, I'll, I'll tell you, I mentioned it last week on the show. Patrick Mahomes being 2-1 and one in Super Bowls sounds a whole heck of a lot yep. better than being 1-2 yep. and two for his legacy. Uh, Andy Reid being 2-2 two and two overall in Super Bowls is a whole lot better for his legacy than being 1-3 and three in Super Bowls, which he would have been with the loss last night. I think that you know, we can talk about Patrick Mahomes in the trajectory and, you know, chasing Tom Brady and the number of rings and all of that. That's not the only, it's not the only chase there, not the only trajectory. I think we can also start having conversations about where does Andy Reid rank as far as best all-time NFL head coaches? And where is he in comparison to guys like Bill Belichick and others that, you know, you consider in the top three or top five all time, where does Andy Reid stack up now with two championships, one in three in Super Bowls? A lot of coaches have one. A lot of them do. Uh, and, you know, one in three can only get it done one time. That's not that's not the reality. He's two and two. Uh, so I think that changes his legacy a little bit also. So it's not just Mahomes. Uh, it, it, it's it's Reid and it's just the overall franchise. Yeah, it, it is, and and you're right. And and think about too, like if they don't win this one, now you've been to five, you've you've been to five straight, you've hosted five straight AFC Championship yeah. games with one Super Bowl to show for it. Um, right. That would also begin, but th- but those go away now, right? Once you get two, and and look, I don't care what happens the rest of the time. Now that you've got two, I I think you can put all that stuff to bed. I think. Now we'll see. When time, you know, when the time comes and, you know, we get to it, we'll see if we feel the same way. But it, it certainly, to me, feels like two is the number, right? Two is so much different than one. And let's say they lose the next two that they play in. And then they're two in, what would they be, two and four in mm-hmm. Super Bowls. I think that would still be better than one and three would have felt, right? Because like, you got two. And whenever we look back on the ultimate career of Patrick Mahomes, even more so than Andy Reid, but Patrick Mahomes, the fact that he has two puts him in a totally different stratosphere than one. And and if he can get another one, now he's in that conversation with, you know, 
the five, six great champions of all time? What would that be? Bradshaw, Aikman, uh, Brady, obviously. Montana. Montana. Yeah. And so you you get into that conversation as a champion. Now, based on raw ability, I mean, everybody in that conversation I just that I just said, I mean, Montana probably is still right there with Mahomes, but just based on talent and everything else, like Mahomes is crazy good. It's not too early to start putting him in that conversation. It's fine. It's not irresponsible. It's what our eyes tell us, and it's what he's showing us. I think the other thing, too, to keep in mind, and there have been so many different questions, even as recently as this morning that I've seen on national shows, will Patrick Mahomes catch Tom Brady, or will anybody, for that matter, ever catch Tom Brady with seven Super Bowl rings? I think it's unlikely, but yeah. if anybody can do it, it's going right. to be Patrick Mahomes. So yeah. I think that that's, that's the key distinction to make. We're still, we're still so far out. We don't know what the next 10, 15 years are going to look like for Patrick Mahomes. But if anybody can do it, it's going to probably be Patrick Mahomes with his ability. And as long as he's got Andy Reid and as long as, you know, he's got the pieces around him and Brett Beach is the general manager and he can continue to draft effectively and bring in the supporting cast the way that he has, then yeah, if anybody can catch Brady, it'll be Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but I do think that it is important and I think a lot of Chiefs fans are doing this right now, and it's great. I'm certainly doing it. Be in the moment right now. Don't take this for granted. Five yeah, right. You may never AFC, get one again. You can, it was 50 years before they got one yeah. a couple of years ago. And it it's fleeting. Look at, I mean, I'm sorry to bring it up. Look at the Dallas Cowboys. It's been a long time. And I don't think anybody thought it would take this long for them. It can happen to anybody. So don't take this for granted. Don't don't care it doesn't matter right now in this moment if Patrick Mahomes catches Tom Brady. Live in the moment and realize that you can't take this for granted. 869-1240, Sports Daily. I agree. It could all, you know, go away at any point. Enjoy it, Chiefs fans. There'll be a parade later in the week. We'll get to a little college hoops when we return. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 
The commercials are over. Yo, I haven't got all day. 869-1240. Time to get busy. This is Sports Daily on KFH. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily on KFH. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster with you on this Monday edition. Chad Chambers producing. We appreciate everybody uh, joining us here on the program. Tommy, college basketball weekend. The Shockers get it done in double overtime last night in a game that almost got real bad. Uh, they blew another second-half lead. They were able to force overtime and get it done. Uh, we can spend a little more time on that later, but let's talk about the Big 12. You had Kansas go get a big-time road win in one of their more impressive wins of the year. And you had Kansas State go to Texas Tech and not have a very impressive performance, quite frankly. Texas Tech at home, we know how hard it is to win on the road. uh, But Kansas State did not take advantage of the advantageous schedule down the stretch. So in the Big 12 now, you've got K-State two games behind Texas. KU one game along with Baylor behind Texas. Texas over the weekend got it done over West Virginia at home, and here we go. It's going to come down the home stretch. Overall thoughts on the on the Big Twelve weekend? I, I, as good a win we've as we've seen from KU for me, and as bad a loss as we've seen for K State. Yeah, it was very complete for the Jayhawks on Saturday on the road against an Oklahoma team that has a ton of talent in Grant Sherfield and the Groves brothers, um, and they played Kansas relatively close in Lawrence earlier this season. Um, but the, the Jayhawks were able to again get a lot of production from their bench and Jalen Wilson bounced back from his performance against Texas with only two points in that game at home last week. And he scored nearly 20 points uh, in the game on Saturday, but going on the road against an Oklahoma team that uh, I think was squarely on the bubble before that game and desperate looking for a pretty high quality win to be able to get off that bubble and move into the NCAA uh, tournament picture. They didn't get it done. And I think that Oklahoma barring some kind of, uh, late conference run, uh, they might be on the outside looking in. So a, a good win for the Jayhawks on the road. And then for Kansas State, um, again, it goes back to what we talked about all season about how the Big 12 is a gauntlet. And uh, it doesn't matter that Texas Tech is in last place in the Big 12. Lubbock is a difficult place to go and play. Uh, it always has been. It doesn't matter uh, if the, the Red Raiders are in first place or in last place. It's a really hard place to play. And Kansas State didn't have a good game, uh, turned the ball over way too much, didn't shoot the ball particularly well. Um, so I, I'm with you. I mean, a, a really complete win for KU and a really disappointing loss for the Wildcats. Yeah, and then the Shockers on Sunday get it done almost really, really, really bad on that loss. But they got it done. Uh, So, I I mean, I guess we just take that lately based on what we've seen in the games in the conference. Yeah, I mean, you had to have it, but my goodness. Uh, They almost did it again against a not-good team. So, glad that they didn't. Glad that they got it done. It does prove to me that with everything going on, the one thing that has stayed constant and is great about this team is that they're still playing hard, in, and they have had every opportunity to not do that. So, you know, kudos to them for that, and we'll see how many of these big games they can win down the stretch. Yeah, and again, we've and I've mentioned this uh, in regards to the Wildcats a few times, but I think we're in this position for Wichita State too. Gut check time, right, where, um, you know, every game from here on out, they're, they're not playing for 
a, a conference championship. We know that to be the case. We know that there have been disappointing outcomes after disappointing outcomes throughout this season, um, especially in American play. But every game uh, for the future of this program is absolutely essential. And it would be easy for the, the players to pack it up and say, it ain't happening for us this year, guys. Uh, but they're they're gritty and they're they're gutsy. They can't hold a lead. Uh, that that we that's been pretty clear in the second half. They they cannot hold a lead to save their lives. But um, you know it took two overtimes at home. Um, I, I don't know. I saw pictures of the crowd. I know it's Super Bowl Sunday, but there was almost nobody in Coke Arena, uh, which is disappointing. But um, you know there were other things going on, like the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I get it, but um, they had to have that win, and um, you know a, a win's a win especially in conference play. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll see how many of them they can get. All right, Tommy, picks on Friday. Um, I, we we all did about the same, I think, right? We all – well, Paul didn't get the game right. We got the game right. We all had the over, and we all got, what, one of our three crazy props in as wins, something like that? Yeah, I don't think uh, – I don't think Paul got any of his crazy picks in. Um because his were like ridiculous, like a big guy touchdown. I, I think um, he called. I think he got because he one got of the his no kneel last yeah, play. The, no kneel. Right. Yeah, yeah. He did. He did get that one. Um, but yeah, we each got one of our, uh, I guess, novelty props or fun props. Um, I had Patrick Mahomes over his rushing yards of nineteen and a half. That was the one I got. Uh, and then you got uh, which one did you get? Um, the oh, the Kenneth Gainwell over his rushing yards of nineteen and a half. That was a good one too. Yeah, it was. I, I was on Gainwell, and I had his total yards he hit on actual bets that I made. But yeah, it was. It was an interesting year of betting. Uh, you and Paul end over five hundred, which is always a win. Paul went way over five hundred, and I was uh, eight games under five hundred. Um, I'm trying to, you know, you try to calculate. Like I don't know how to do taxes yet on any of this stuff. I I did in the year twenty two, end up in the positive. So that's a, that's a win. As long as you're ended up close to five hundred, right? It's always a win because it was fun, fun, fun. Football season's officially over, which breaks my heart. Um, but, you know, that's okay. That's all yeah. right. We've got college basketball, and I've had a great time with it, too. Yeah, and I got to say, too, I'm really looking forward to having Dan Israel tomorrow on the show to get his take on uh, on everything. We'll have to try to condense it into what, 20 minutes or so when we'll have him. There's a, a lot to talk about, but um, our Chiefs uh, Super Bowl coverage continues. Yeah, we'll have that tomorrow. We'll tell you what's going on the network on the rest of today. No basketball tonight on a Monday for the first time in a few weeks, but plenty coming up right here on KFH. We'll tell you about it next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.